the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Formative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money. Investing in more. Rolling Stones Summer Tour. Maybe one of the most expensive ever. Marissa Mayer. She's doubling the length of Yahoo's paid maternity leave, giving dads eight weeks off. Bang with friends. A horrific thought image app, depending upon your age. Raising a million dollars to help people find hookup buddies. Supersonic flight brings Virgin Galactic closer to space tourism. Those are just some of the headlines, including but not limited to, depending on where you are, we're probably looking at a, another real estate bubble in parts of the country, as well as a reversion of the norm in other parts of the country. The S&P 500 yesterday established a new closing high. That's positive. Every sector participated in the events. Very positive. The good news keeps coming. Retail sales declined more than expected in Germany. The unemployment rate in the Eurozone hit a record high, 12.1%. Spain's GDP contracted. Wait, wait, this isn't good news. Where's the good news? Year-over-year inflation rate for the Eurozone disinflated to a lowly 1.2%. Industrial production declined more than expected in South Korea. United States corporate companies that are making up the SP 500 Continue to report declining revenue growth or weak revenue growth. Wait, wait, where's the good news? Pfizer basically uh, they're showing us the good news is that people are buying the dip. They reported pretty average to below average kind of number. I'd expect layoffs to follow because that's how they tend to manage their earnings going forward. So the good news is that Case-Shiller Home Price Index coming a little bit higher than expected. We'll get Chicago PMI Consumer Confidence Reports also. Interesting story out of te- 
technology in the world of Apple computers. But first, let's do a little market numbers and see how the market's opening. Today is Tuesday. Tuesdays of the year so far up 15 times out of 15. The S&P 500 is going to have some work ahead of itself if it's going to beat 16 out of 16 because the S&P 500 is down 6, the Dow is down 74, the NASDAQ down 3. So I told you, or I teased you, Apple's got some interesting news. It looks like they're going to be selling debt. They're going to be buying debt, corporate IOUs. Companies like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, Dean Winter, will get together and they'll say, okay, let's um, let's throw some money out. Let's uh, give these guys some cash. And let's take a look at interest rates. Let's take a look at their cash flow. And uh, you will help us raise the money, and we will give you an IOU from Apple. It's the first time Apple's borrowed since 1996. The company looks to borrow money that it won't pay back until 2043. Some notes will be due 2016, 2018, 2023. The company reveals that it's borrowed money for 3, 5, 10, and 30-year durations. Interest rates are not yet known, but they're going to be low. It's going to be a way for them to get money inside the United States, which is intriguing. Any interest that they pay inside the United States will help cut their tax liability corporate-wise. Also, it leaves a lot of money overseas waiting for the day that a Republican Congress or Republican president comes in and says, you know what, we want to stimulate the economy, and we're going to do it by saying you get a couple months to repatriate your foreign dollars. Bring them back to the United States, your money, and you don't have to pay any corporate taxes on it. But do something with that, whether you build whether you hire, whether you give a dividend, help our economy in one of those three ways. If you repatriate dollars and you're not paying corporate taxes on it and you make, go out and make a building, I expect you to hire Americans who are going to make that building, and they'll pay the taxes. I expect you to use that money to give to dividend shareholders, and they'll go out and buy stuff and go on vacation. I expect you to give that to... You see how it kind of works, right? Hire new people. It's a very Republican thing to do. It's one of those tax breaks that probably stimulates the economy. It doesn't do it as much as we want it to. It, it, look, there's going to be studies that show you it does. There's going to be studies that show you that it doesn't. But right now, I can tell you, foreign companies, American-based companies that have money in foreign markets, they're being stubborn. Get calls on the air. It's 800 516-1220. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, May 1st, going to be at the Menlo Grill Bistro and Bar inside the Stanford Park Hotel. 100 El Camino Real. Going to do a Black Wednesday off the cuff with me. Going to talk about retirement with you. It's informal. It's one-on-one. So if 10 people show up, I, I mingle with 10 people. I bounce from couple to couple, person to person. Other KDO W money hosts will be there. Any questions that you have, well, it's, it's, again, it's terribly informal. Basically, it's Palo Alto, but it's Menlo Park, close enough. Lovely hotel, great food. Stay for dinner. It's tomorrow from 5 to 7. 
So getting back to the markets, the good news keeps on coming. And I was kidding if you go back and listen to the first couple of minutes of this, where there's a lot of bad news out there. And we're starting to enter the summer doldrums. I'm planning some vacation. I'm sure others are planning some vacation. And you know what I do when I start thinking about vacations? I stop working as much. So I'm kind of expecting a little bit of a slowdown. Will we get it? I don't know. We got it last year, the year before, the year before. Sell in May and go away. Does that mean I'm selling in May? No. Yep. But that's the concept, right? Buffalo Wild Wings in the news today. They were they missed their earnings pretty aggressively. Revenue beat forecast, but earnings missed. CEO Sally Smith said the restaurant chain has continued investing capital for future success. It's just speaking on Gen 4 Cron News. James Fletcher said, yep, they opened up one in my, my neighborhood. Buffalo Wild Wings to me tells me a lot of things when you look at those numbers. Revenues are strong, tells you that consumers are there. Maybe they're having problems with their food costs. Chicken wings have gone up. Every restaurant in America has basically added chicken wings in some way, shape, or form because it's low-cost item for them to charge to you at a, a fair price. Buffalo Wild Wings tells me about sporting events. Buffalo Wild Wings tells me a lot. It's a ridiculous thing to say out loud, but it's true. Herbalife, they reported a profit of buck twenty-seven cents a share. The nutrition's product company also raised its full-year guidance. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Show us Rob Black and your money. Remember, Herbalife had a company... The auditors quit on them. So their, their strength in the quarter, not good if you're going against that company. I'm Rob Black, talking on all things financial. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Reading in March. Residential real estate prices increased. In- Online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. A couple things that I like to talk about. And I know this isn't the coolest thing in the world. Is I like to oversimplify some concepts so that you get them. I never understood Albert Einstein's concepts until someone wrote a book about simplifying them. Giving me an example hearing about how you meet a girl and then she walks down the street one step to the right and you meet a different girl teaches you Einstein's concepts, right? Theory, relativity, probabilities you get the idea. So I like to simplify things. Here's the three C's of credit. If you're going to go out and buy a house you need to know them. Because you're going to be borrowing half a million dollars to buy a house. Three C's of credit are credit. How's it been paying back your financial statements, your loans in the last couple of years? Are you really, really good around 800? Are you really, really bad around 600? And then banks are going to say, should we really loan them money at 4% or 6%? 4% or 8%? They're going to take a look at your credit score. They're going to take a look at your collateral. Hey, you're throwing... 
us the offer of, I want to borrow 500000 We're going to throw you a counter offer of 400000 You put $100,000 in. You don't pay it back. We get, we get the property. So how much you could put down? First C, credit. Second, collateral. Third, capacity. How much money can you afford? They don't want you spending 50% of your salary on it. They want to see you spend under 40%. It's in their best interest to get you up to 50-60% because it's a bigger house. They'll make their fees. Some people would say that's kind of well, that's kind of weird, but this is the three C's of credit. You want to get a better credit? You want to get a better loan, cheaper loan? Understand the three C's of credit. Let me give you another example of how down and dirty and easy this stuff can be. Best time to buy a home in the Bay Area was the day after the 1989 earthquake. A lot of people said, you know what? I came from New York. I came from Washington D.C. I came from Des Moines. I came from Tampa. Came from the great state of Alabama. I'm going home. That was the weirdest thing I've ever gone through, and people died. I'm going home. California has sunshine and oranges, but I'm going home. So a lot of people put their homes up for sale. A lot of people that were on the East Coast said, you know what, I may not move out there. So that disaster created a buying opportunity. New Orleans, home prices fell 60% after Hurricane Katrina. That disaster created a buying opportunity. Best time to buy a home on Jersey Shore? Right now, because they went through a horrible Hurricane Sandy Duncan last year. And it created a buying opportunity. If you think that storm of the century is not going to hit again in the next 40 years. As long as it doesn't hit when you're there, you're thrilled. If you think it hits again, then probably not a good idea. One more example of, of disaster investing. Disaster du jour. It's referred to as my love life. But British Petroleum. They had an oil well blow up in the Gulf of Mexico. People died. The environment got ruined. A lot of oil went into the ocean. Now, I'm not smart enough to like follow this up and go... Dolphins died, and I hate dolphins and those squeaky little animals. I want them in my tuna net, not in my my SeaWorld shows. I'm not smart enough to tell you about the impact of environmentalism issues on a part of the country, on a region, where a lot of people in the Louisiana area work for British Petroleum in some way, shape, or form. If you're a waitress at a, a bar and 80% of your your uh, customers are, are BP employees, BP supporting you. So when it happened, the stock went from 60 bucks a share down to 28 bucks a share. It's at 42 now. It pays a 5% dividend yield. That disaster created a buying opportunity for you. Is it perfect? No. Can you feel good going to bed that you bought British Petroleum? I don't know. There's a disaster in the United States, which I think is worse than vampires, called smoking. Cigarettes kill a lot more people than vampires. We detest vampires. Cigarettes are still out there. People still smoke. There's a recent mayor, 
or governor who said, let's raise the, the price to buy cigarettes to 21 because most of the lifelong smokers develop under 21. I'm not smart enough to weigh in on that issue. But what I can tell you is that people are still smoking. And because of that, I'm intrigued. My dad died of cancer, and I, I still could find the intrigue in something as not sexy as cigarettes. It's interesting. Like what, what men will do for women is crazy. What women will do for people of power is crazy. And again, I'm wildly overgeneralizing that. But a guy could be as fat as a cow. You know, like six udders. And makes a good salary. You're like, ooh. So understand that sometimes you have to overlook things that make you a little uncomfortable. A six-uttered man would make me uncomfortable as a woman. But nope. If he makes enough money, he's going to support me. He's going to be a good hunter. My hunter genes are kicking in. Home prices this morning came out. And they rose. The S&P Case-Shiller Index for 20 cities. Up 9.3% for the same period last year. Largest year-over-year growth since May 2006. And the bubble's back. I can tell you it's a bubble because there's very little inventory, but a lot of demand. I can tell you it's a bubble because a lot of homes are being offered with 20 bids. The real estate lenders are probably, well, not the real estate lenders, but the real estate agents are probably laughing all the way to the bank. Phoenix posted the largest year-over-year price growth, 23%. New York had its lowest at 1.9%. New York's lost a lot of banking jobs. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. I'm going to be at the Menlo Grill tomorrow for Black Wednesday. It's the first Wednesday of every month. I refer to it as off the cuff. Like just come meet me. I'd like to get to know, but like some of the people who listen, no charge to get in. There are some things to nosh on. You can learn more about the event at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. Don't forget, I have an event coming up, a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. Not this Thursday, but the following Thursday in Pleasanton. It's a fast turnaround from my last event. It's a Thursday evening. You can learn more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Facebook reports profits tomorrow. Will it be a repeat of the third quarter 21% share jump or fourth quarter 10% share plunge? I wish I knew. If I knew for sure, I'd 
certainly not be doing this right now. There's a much greater chance that I'd be in Vegas gambling or something. Like, you got to know your stuff to be that kind of good. With that said, what's my gut long-term on the company? I got an opinion on that. As do you, I'm sure. My advice is quit trying to be right and find great companies. Best advice I can give you. Find great companies. Find great companies that you would want to work for. Find great companies products to use. Now, if you're... 60 years old, this advice isn't as practical because you have kind of run out of time. But if you're 60 years old, you can't really afford to be aggressive and gamble either. Be smart with your money. You work hard for it or you worked hard for it. You know that. To get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. European banks are having a pretty good quarter American banks, not so much. That defies conventional wisdom. What's it tell you to do? I don't know. I wasn't smart enough to be in European banks. I was smart enough to be in some tech companies. I was smart enough to be well diversified. SP 500 is down 4. The NASDAQ's down 4. The Dow's down 70. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He joins the show on a regular basis. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. One of the areas that I like to talk about are some of the basics. Um, I think the number one thing that you have to do when thinking about retirement, Chad, is set some priorities. You know, when you're in your 20s, like you just want to go to the Great Wall of China, you want to meet hot chicks. But you have to have grander priorities than that, like a vacation home and a retirement income. Yeah, it's well, and the thing that you have to realize, too, is that priorities change based on different phases of your life. Um, So priorities aren't static. Um, You have to have somebody helping you make sure that your priorities are realistic, though. Okay. Um, You know, for example, the, the common scenario that you and I see is, um, younger parents or single parents where they, they, they talk about their main priority is sending their kids to college. And really, it should be making sure that you're going to eventually someday be able to retire. Because there's other ways we can help kids get through college, whether it's loans or whatever it may be. But your early years in terms of saving and plugging enough money away in your 20s and 30s so that it's there to grow for the next 40 years is extremely important. So whenever anybody comes in, I, we have them write down um, their top three financial concerns at this time. And it, it will change based on your age, based on your family dynamics and how your family changes, whether it's you just got married, you just had children, you're empty nesters, you just got a divorce, priorities change. Yeah, you should really focus on the big ticket, long range plans. You know, that's where the big costs come in, you know, weddings, retirement, um, college costs, retirement homes, um, kind of creating a bucket list of high-end priorities versus low-end priorities. Um, what are some of your bucket lists as far as priorities go on things you have to fund in your lifetime? Um, you know, something that I need to fund is, is more travel since I started in this business so early um, and then had kids, three children. Um, I invest very globally, but I, I, I really want to go see personally a lot of the places that I invest in that I depend on some of the really good managers to, to know really, really well. But yeah, like, You want to go to Asia? Yeah, I would like to 
I would like to go to a lot of different places. Yeah. However, I'm going to save that till later in life because my big priorities right now are to do things that my body's still able to do, like snowboard with my kids and do all the stuff that I know my knees are going to be wrecked by the time I'm 50 from yeah. all the stuff that you, you've seen me do. So I'll travel then. I'll be around in my little scooter on the wall of China. On the wall of China. <laughs> the Great Wall of China. I hear it's pretty great. Yes, I hear it's great as well. It's kind of interesting because like, I have no interest in Asia just because I'm not a fish guy. And I know you could probably get non-fish meals in Asia. Just they're heavily relying on fish. Therefore, I have a bias that I don't really want to go to Asia. Okay. Well, I know. Odd, right? It's not one of your priorities. So one of my priorities is um, a retirement home. Um, I want comfort. I don't want on Golden Pond, but I want mm-hmm. you know to slow things down because I've worked pretty hard in my 20s and 30s. So when I hit my 50s and 60s, I kind of slow things down. Yeah. And... You know, people, sometimes when you ask them what their priorities are, and the first one they say, I want to retire by 65, and then you go through their other priorities, whether it's a vacation home, an RV, a a home remodel, um, buying a specific new car, and that's something that people forget to leave out of their financial plan, is is they're going to need a new car every 10 years on average. Um, And so those types of cash flow items, weddings, helping grandkids with college, those have to be projected out in your long-term cash flow analysis so that you can see where that money's going to come from. And when you sell stocks to pay for those items or when you pull money out of your IRAs to pay for those items, that also is going to create a bit of a tax issue at those times. And so that all has to be figured in to say, do I have enough to really retire? Or is it better to say, maybe I'll work another two years or maybe five years part-time so that I can be retired plus achieve these other goals? Some of my priorities are amass enough wealth so that I could retire comfortably, um, pay for kids that college education is lower. It's not as high as enough. You know, I'm more about the wealth because if you have wealth, if you have a 401k that's got a lot of money in it, you can always pay for the kids' college that way. I want to buy a house. I want to get out of debt. You know, when you have priorities, write them down because then your next step is to say, how much debt do I have? How long will it take me to get it? Um, if I want to buy a house, what size house do I want to buy? How much is it going to cost? You've got to write down your priorities. You just can't have them in your head so that you know, you're comfortable. You have to write them down and, and get real with it, right. as Dr. Phil would say. Certain priorities will conflict with each other. In other words, you might say, Mike, I want to invest aggressively and go as much growth as possible, but in two years I need to put a down payment on a house. Those two things conflict because you can't invest super aggressive with funds that you're going to need in two years. It just, it, those two things won't work together. You know, so there's doc- a happy medium. Somewhere. You know, Dr. Phil has a degree in physiology. <laughs> he's not a therapist. He's not. He's not any of that stuff. So I don't know. I just, it just shows you how bogus he could be and get by as a bogus sham in your life. Yeah, that's that's the case. Let I me mean, just look at Lance Armstrong. Oh yeah, cheating pays though is what I learned. <laughs> he's worth a quarter of a hey, billion kids, dollars. Hey kids, the lesson of this segment is performance enhancing drugs will take you far in your career until you get caught. <laughs> yeah, he was such. Oh, I'm not even going to go into his little crocodile tear moments in his life um what was bad about him is how many people that he hurt covering up his lies it's you know, okay to lie. he was yeah he was just a nasty mean vile person speaking of nasty mean vile persons <laughs> cfp chad burton you can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com i'm rob black but he again is the one the only chad burton you can email him chad at chadburton.com and again chad and i do a lot of events we've got one coming up in pleasanton it's right around the corner now. You're like, didn't you just do an event on Saturday? Yeah. We plan out our calendar a year ahead so that we could get vacations and other things in, and this is just a glitch in the calendar. 
So Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. It's actually going to be a new event that's very similar to that building retirement portfolio that lasts. It's going to be from 630 to 9, Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel in Pleasanton. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's our way of starting some new events this year that, keep in mind, I think there's two core events, people who accumulate wealth, people who manage wealth. And this is, falls on the side of people who manage it. Uh, you got to make sure your money lasts till the day you die. So it's building a retirement portfolio that lasts. It's not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com. So far we have no sign-ups because literally we just wrapped up an event. A <laughs> couple things that I want to throw out to you on top of all of this. It is tomorrow night. I'm going to be at Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar, Stanford Park Hotel. Beautiful hotel. Guys, if you want to impress a woman, I don't ex- think that money should lead to love, but if you do, it's a great restaurant. Top-notch food. I'm a bit of a food snob, I will admit it. Um, if anyone ever catches me in a TGIF, I will give you $10,000 because I will not be seeing any TGIFs. After the age of 25, it's just not cool. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Apple's introducing six new bonds today. They're borrowing money. I think it's a great idea, especially with low interest rates. I've borrowed money in the last couple of years, refinancing my mortgages. I'm not saying that you should do it, too. But you should at least consider it. We are in an earnings season. Tomorrow we get Facebook. We are not in an environment that I think is speculative. I think we're in an environment of people are buying the dips based on having a little extra money laying around, based on not being able to park it in a bank, based on refinancing their mortgages last year. Now they have a little extra cash flow. Stocks are pulling back today from record highs. Do I think we go higher? By the end of the year, I think we do. If, and this is a big if, 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 it's a, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. But if the job market continues to slowly create jobs. People are speculating, I think, more so on real estate right now in some markets than they are on the stock market. Corporate America's done a very nice job of profit management. Not so much of making new revenues out of nothing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Here's Rob Black and your money. On the Wall Street Business Network, I'm Rob Black. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Ziggy plays guitar, jamming good with AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is P500 indexes. So today in the news, there's a story about a Genentech executive who got on a plane, hit the call button, order a drink. Stewart said, just order it from the back of the computer on the right in front of you. He's like, my time's worth a lot. I don't have time for that. She walks away. Hits the call button again. Basically insults her and, you know, another stewardess comes along and says, you know, just use the computer. Third time, basically complains that he's going to complain. Gets up, goes to the bathroom. Probably leaves something in the toilet that is warm and smelly. 
smiles as he comes out. Stewardess says, go back and flush. He throws out some curse words. He gets taken off the plane. He gets investigated by the FBI. He says that he violated his rights. I say, let's just stop for a moment and be nicer to everyone. Whether it's the secretary, the admin assistant, it's the person serving you food, the person who's cooking the food. Start being a little bit nicer to one another. It's just because you're an executive, chill out. There's nothing that I get stressed over, not even stress. Things that I don't like. There's people that I regret. Some things that I've said too. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more mellow. I know there's complaints that come into the station like Rob's too mellow now. Look, guys, I work for a station. It has its background in, in mellowness. I don't have to be radical to teach you stuff. I think I'm doing a nice job. Like To me, I see a story out there today. The Rolling Stones are getting ready to go on tour. Last time they did it, it was the most expensive tour ever, grossing an astonishing $558 million. I love it because it's economic activity. I hate it because it's consumers who are getting you know jacked with high prices. The Stones are as popular as ever. Limited supply of how long they're going to live means fans will not get a fair price. It's like there's a limited number of homes for sale right now in great neighborhoods. You're not going to get a fair price. 20,000 people for each show. 250,000 people will see this show versus almost 3 million that saw the last tour. It's going to cost you a pretty penny. Prince has a tour coming up that's going to last 16 dates. That'll have an average price of 476 bucks. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake. They're only going to do nine shows, only in baseball and football venues. The cheapest face price for the 1989 show when the Stones did a tour at Shea Stadium was 34 bucks. In 1994, it was 56 bucks. For the upcoming tour, the cheapest ticket, 143 bucks. That's up 155% since 1994. Now, again, you're only going to be able to see Mick Jagger so many times and that iconic tongue. Maybe, you know, like Steve Jobs is working on the eye coffin, and later in life we'll be able to roll Mick Jagger out in a coffin and, and have him dance around. Or maybe we'll go to holograms, right? That's a lot of money to shell out for an event. Cheapest ticket overall, most expensive ticket overall. It's going to be pricey. When you end up going with two, three, four people, and you're throwing down $200 on a ticket, parking, you know, is going to be jacked. Canadian dollars versus U.S. dollars. Do you want to see them in Anaheim, Chicago, or L.A.? But limited supply, supply and demand. You know the lesson. Now go forth and use it, okay? Stop, I'm telling you. Stop silliness, like... 
oh, I'm not going to use my whole retirement savings. I'm going to go to see the Rolling Stones. Oh, no, no. I'm not going to use my whole retirement savings. I'm going to stay home and, and watch DVD. No, you have to go see them. You have to help our economic activity. It's vitally important. It's the biggest no-brainer of all time. You'll kick yourself in the head if you don't see the stones while Mick Jagger's alive. I've done it. Now I want you to go to it. Iron Man 3, Robert Downey Jr. Classic example of the guy from Genentech who was a jerk on a plane. All of his employees have to be mocking him. Not worth it. Not worth being a jerk. Robert Downey Jr. went through a period of his life where drugs dominated. He rang the opening bell today on the NYSC. Production of Marvel's Iron Man 3. Marvel's owned by Disney. Disney's really gotten their act together. They've got a channel for, to compete with the Cartoon Network. They've got a channel for older kids' cartoons, younger kids' cartoons, and retro cartoons. They've got a family channel. They've got a Disney channel, which is like Disney stuff. They've got movies like Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3. And there's probably going to be a 4. Cars 1, Cars 2, Cars 3. There's, they are very, very good. But anyway, Iron Man 3 pulled in $180 million of spending in North Carolina. Over 2,000 jobs. Now, it's going to pull in, you know, what? A billion this summer? Robert Downey Jr. at one point in his time was such a degenerate drug abuser that he was like a punchline. Hulu says it's got 4 million paid subscribers, double last year's total. That's got to be some way, shape, or form bad news for cable companies. Love Hulu service. Facebook reports earnings tomorrow. How will the stock react? We'll talk about that. Marissa Mayer, she wants to double the length of Yahoo's paid maternity leave. Give new dads eight weeks off. That's very 21st century. Is that good news or bad news? It's good news if it, you look at the social ramifications. It's bad news if you look at the corporation where they're trying to you know, earn profits. And paying someone to stay home isn't earning profits. going to be doing Black Wednesday tomorrow in Menlo Park at the Menlo Grill. Stanford Park Hotel. It's a little confusing because it says the word Stanford. It says the word Menlo Park. More information at kdow.biz. That's 4 to 6 tomorrow. Then I've got an event coming up in Pleasanton on the 9th of the month. It's a Thursday evening. More event. More info, robblack.com. Atromacine. Write down this name, Biohazard Plus. They take care of the extreme cleanup and restore your property to its original luster. Biohazard Plus is open 24-7 and services both commercial and residential properties throughout the Bay Area. No job too big or small. For more to... Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money. Investing in more. What do you want to talk about? You tell me. Your show, in my opinion. We could talk about the stock market. We could talk about investing. Is now the right time to be rushing off and investing? It's now the time to be more of a trader mentality. Or are you a little bit more defensive right now? On one hand, we see the revenues are struggling. Corporations are reporting earnings, which they do every 90 days. 
and they're not hitting it out of the park. That's okay. We don't have to hit it out of the park each and every time. Would it be nice? Sure. Realistically, let's take a quick look at the market numbers and see how we're doing today. We've had 15 out of 16, no, no, we've had 15 out of 15 up days on Tuesdays so far this year. Will it be 15 out of 16 or will we go 16 out of 16? SP 500 is down 1, the Dow is down 31, the NASDAQ is up 4. On one hand, there's a, uh, something that we look back historically and say, okay, the stock market has averaged 5.5% losses in May, June, July in each year for the last three years. Three of the four months of May, three of the last four months of May, have qualified as one of the ten best or worst months of all time. Okay, so, okay, now wait, three years in a row, down 5.5%, average, okay, I should sell. Didn't you hear that they're either, it's the best or worst month of all time? One of the top ten greatest months of all time. Greatest up, greatest down. I got a scathing email from someone on Friday, which I won't even bo- I won't bother reading, but basically I'm an idiot. Guy who's basically working for a tech company has deemed me idiot, which is fine. When you do this for 18 years on air, you're not an idiot. You've got history behind you. You've got, if you were an idiot, you wouldn't be here. So, the big stories today that we're looking at, and I would refer to these as stories, because they're not necessarily earnings. And you have to learn to know the difference. There's a lot of people thinking, hey, the end of the month is here. Then we go into that month of May, which tends to be, we're thinking not so good. Because we've had such a good run. Six up months in a row, are you kidding me? Then you're seeing like some things in their economy is doing great. Hulu adding another million subscribers in the first quarter of 2013. They've streamed over a billion videos. Got some competition for Netflix out there. That's nice. You're seeing Iron Man 3 getting ready to open and dominate for Disney. Americans love their break. Some people are going to take off Friday so they can go see Iron Man 3, right? What's my point here? I don't even know if I have a point here. Is that there's no right answer. If there was, we'd all know. So far, buying the dip seems to be working pretty well. It seems to be working pretty well. Again, will it forever? No. Interesting to note that Robert Downey Jr. was ringing the bell at the NYSE today. Now, it's funny to note that in his past, he once referred to NYSE traders as low IQ and obnoxious. They cheered him today. We're a nation that forgives people. He was referring to, in a quote, the most obnoxious group of money-hungry, low-IQ, high-energy jackrabbit, curse word, wannabe, big-time, small-time, curse word, 
talking bothersome, irritating bunch of curse words I have ever had to endure for more than five minutes. Iron Man 3 opens on Friday. He's cheered. He's loved. Iron Man costume, everyone was totally digging on at the NYSE today. Let's take a look at some of the other stories out there, because there has to be others, right? IBM approves a $5 billion repurchase, raises their dividend 12%. The HPV vaccine, it may protect girls with fewer doses. There's a new TV show on about drilling for oil. Last year there was a new TV show on about panning for gold. Gold fell. It's worthy of note, right? A lot of tech CEOs you just Google, just going gaga for Google's glasses. I don't know. It's all going to be about execution. It's all going to be about how much are they? What do they do? Hulu, the online video website that has both free and paid services, said today that it's doubled its number of paying subscribers in the last year. Last week, two of their owners, Walt Disney and News Corp., They're weighing whether they want to sell the business or not. Among the shows that are going to be distributed exclusively by Hulu or Quick Draw, comedic western set in the 1870s. That sounds pretty awful. The Awesomes, an animated series about superheroes from the minds of Saturday Night Live star Seth Meyers. Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, producer, is on that show. So it doesn't sound all that great. Home prices gained in the month of February. Recent survey says... Winter. Single-family home prices rose more than expected in February. Best annual rise since May 2006. That's not a good thing. The best annual rise since 2006. That's not a good thing. Keep in mind, you want people to be able to buy your home. Keep in mind that's critically important. Just because it goes up doesn't mean you're going to be able to find a buyer to match that going up. Is it nice? Yeah, it's nice. But in reality, we want to see wage inflation going up as much as we see home prices going up. It's a happy medium. I know it's tough to explain. This is Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We've got two events coming up tomorrow evening, Menlo Grill. It's in Menlo Park. It's in the hotel called Stanford Park Hotel. It's right next to the train station and the tree. That's about all I can say. You can learn more about this event, Black Wednesday, with me tomorrow evening from 4 to 6. You can learn more about the event by going to robblack.com. That's robblack.com. On top of it, I've got an event coming up the following Thursday. It's so not this Thursday, the following Thursday, May 9th, Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel in Pleasanton. It's going to be a new event. No one's ever seen this content before. Building a retirement portfolio that lasts. How to avoid running out of money in retirement. It's probably the biggest fear people should have. Especially in a low interest rate environment, you need help. You can learn more about that event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
1-800-420-4461. Stocks are slumping. The S&P 500 index is pulling back from a record from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are declining as a report showed business activity shrank for the first time since 2009. Home prices in 20 American cities climbed the most since May 2006. With more on the S&P Case-Shiller Report, here's Bloomberg's Michael McKee. On a year-over-year basis, 9%, 9.3% gain in prices. That's only going to be good for the economy in the long run because as people feel wealthier, as they feel their home price going up in value, it makes them more likely to spend. So it's goodness pushing out into the future. The S&P 500 index is down a point at 1592. Little change, a drop of 0.1%. Dow Jones Industrial Average lower by 23 points to 14,795, a decline of 0.2%. NASDAQ on the plus side, higher by 6 points, a gain there of 0.2%. And that's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money invested in more. I want you to become a better investor. I want you to understand that. Women live longer than men, thus I think it's up to women to know that I need to be as good of an investor as I can be. I want you to know that you make mistakes in your 20s. I'm not saying you have to get it right in your 30s, but some point soon. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800 800- Five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Beer volumes in Brazil fell 8.2%. Anheuser-Busch just came out with the numbers. They said it's key market of Brazil and the U.S. saw volumes drop. Revenues were a little bit worse than expected. U.S. consumers saw increased gas prices in the first quarter. They saw difficult weather. It's tough to go out and buy a six-pack if you can't drive. Do I think this is a company that's going to earn money till the day I die? I do. Would I buy Budweiser? i consider it. I refer to it as, quote-unquote, sin stock. I think that's easy for you to grasp. I think it's easy for you to get. If you take a look at the stock in the last five years, it's gone from about 50 bucks four years ago to where it is now, $94. Do we have a gut check? Absolutely. Or maybe it's beer gut check. Is it always going to go higher? No. Capitalism kills morals. It kills things that once we're sacred cows, once we're things we believed in. Capitalism is creative destruction. Some capitalism is great. Some of it, I think, is pretty horrible. 
Like, I don't like the vitamin market. It's too big of a market. $30 billion in industry sales. You know, it's tough to find someone who has a phone that will answer it to talk to you about vitamins. Medications can't be sold without FDA approval, but their products can be. And do I think some things like cinnamon might help you with digestion and diabetes? Sure. Do I think it's going to absorb naturally into my body and replace cinnamon? I don't know. Health benefits are considered debatable. The FDA allows supplemental manufacturers to make so-called structure function claims. Curbs appetite, helps with weight loss. But it doesn't necessarily curb appetite, helps with weight loss. What's a reputable study? What's not a reputable study? Let's go to Praveen in San Jose. Hi, Doc. Just wanted to get your opinion on the fracking business, uh, the current uh, moratorium which has been put on the fracking. Uh, what is your long-term take uh, in the uh, fracking business overall in the U.S. and all over the world? You know? Sure. Um, thanks for the call. Fracking sounds like a curse word. It's not. It's a technology of getting oil or natural gas out of the ground. It's heavily in the news. It's heavily debated on whether it's good for our economy, bad for our economy, whether it's good for our society or bad. I think the best way to start thinking about it is hydraulically, we're pushing stuff into the ground to get stuff out of the ground. We grow stuff in the ground. We drink water that's in the ground. Fracking is you destroy rock formations by using pressurized water or liquids. That's the issue. Not just water, but liquids. Um, It's one of the reasons that we're going to be a little bit more independent as far as energy consumption goes. We have a massive amount of oil under the Rocky Mountains. The problem is it's a horrific quality of oil. The Brent sweet crude that comes from overseas markets, it doesn't take a lot of effort to refine it. The crap that we get out of Canada, the Canadian sands, the garbage we get out from our oil wells in the United States, it's pretty low quality comparatively. So oil gets quoted at different prices based on the quality that's coming out. Texas' Brent is different than light sweet crude. Proponents of hydraulic fracking point to the benefits of the economy. Form, formerly inaccessible, now we're able to get to. Environmentalists, environmentalists as well as the, you know, our United States government, the Environmental Protection Agency, they say, hey, natural gas is better than oil. It's a cleaner burning fuel with less toxic air pollution. But when you risk contamination of groundwater, when you risk air quality, it starts bringing up questions and health effects that come with it. Do I think there's some evils to it? I really don't know. I think the United States will continue to frack. I think the 
eased of charging an oil company a higher tax rate because you're an evil oil company is there. So semiconductors have little semiconductors that go on our devices, but you have to buy a big semiconductor oven to make semiconductors, semiconductor equipment. It has software that runs our devices. Energy is the same thing. They've got ways to deliver it to us through pipelines. They've got the companies that refine it. They've got the companies that make the equipment. Baker Hughes comes to mind. And they've got the product itself. They've got some companies that are integrated, all four of those functions into it. That's considered an upstream-downstream solution. Yeah, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I prefer we're talking about fracking battle stars instead of fracking oil and gas, but that's okay. We'll work with it. Tomorrow night, going to be doing a Black Wednesday off the cuff, Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar from the Stanford Park Hotel right across from Oasis. It's May 1st from 5 to 7. It's a free event, so you don't have to sign up, but you can get more information at kdw.biz. I've got one of my new seminars coming up because you've asked for news. I've developed some new stuff on how to make sure your money lasts till the day you die. You can get more information about that event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's at the Sheraton in Pleasanton, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, so it's right around the corner, so sign up today. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's going to be a lot of talk about immigration in the United States. Pluses and minuses. Cirrus Satellite XM reported earnings of $897 million, below expectations. Income increased 15% to $124 million. Earnings before interest tax depreciation amortization was a little bit lower. But the churn rate was a little bit higher. Churn rate tied towards how many people are quitting. So a lot of people are expecting Apple's next operating system to focus heavily on use of in your car. They want Apple Maps versus built-in GPS. Siri really has been a little bit of a disappointment. Do you really want to use Siri to fiddle with it while you're driving? I don't know. Home prices in the month of February gained. 
Best annual rise since May 2006. That's positive and negative. There's no way around that. It's positive and negative. If you're in that house, you feel good. If you're not, you may not be able to afford it anymore. If you're in that house and you feel good because your house went up, you want some of them to be able to afford it. NBA playoffs, very exciting. NHL playoffs start now. Those are expensive tickets. One of the concerns that I have is people who spend their whole life savings going to sporting events. Yeah, you only live once. Yeah, I get it. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. SP 500 lower today, even though the SP 500 has had 15 straight up Tuesdays, which basically means nothing, but it's only lower by less than a point now. Dow's down 14, the NASDAQ down 8. Up 8. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little asset allocation. It is two words put together that we know in the investment community. Some of us know it better, some of it more intimately. What's asset allocation mean to you, Chad? Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about what it doesn't mean because I think it's a term that's really misunderstood. Okay. Um, a lot of people that start investing think asset allocation means that it's always being in the right asset class all the time and shifting from one asset class to another, which is really the same thing as, as day trading. Now, you want to do a little bit of that once you've accumulated a portfolio, overweight and underweight in different areas, including cash, which is an asset class. But really what asset allocation means is you're trying to build a portfolio to achieve a certain goal with the least amount of risk possible, knowing that you're going to be wrong sometimes, so you still continue to hold on to certain asset classes, um, like small cap, like emerging markets, which will have you know kind of a three steps forward, two steps back type of a process. And do you look at – some people would look at asset allocation, stocks, bonds, and real estate. Do you look at small caps and international like you just brought up? Do you look at that as a sub-asset class, or is it a totally different asset? It's, it's, a, it's an asset class. Okay. So I think that there's times like, – during uh, the big part of the credit crisis, we steered clear of small caps altogether, for example, uh, because of the risk factors that were involved. But we didn't like doing that for too long, so we still own a, a piece of small cap, which started off 2012, for example, the first month, with, with big gains, for example. You you just want to maintain a certain exposure to these asset classes, and, and there's more than this stocks, bonds, and real estate. Within stocks, you've got the large cap, mid cap, small cap, but you also have different management styles between value and growth or even just dividend growth investing. You also have uh, commodities that have to be a part of your portfolio as well, and there's a whole slew of alternative investments that people should be getting, you know, taking a look at and becoming educated on within the alternative asset class space. There's managed futures, which is another way to get into currency and commodities. Okay. There is funds that deal with merger and acquisitions. There's funds that deal with what's called kind of the buy right area, which is really covered calls. So it's a way to get into the market with creating income on, on, on different stocks. And there are tor- types of portfolios where if you're trying to find a spot where I don't want to be in cash, but I don't like where bonds are. I don't stocks maybe feel a little overvalued. You might look get into funds which hedge with the downside. There's funds out there that mirror the S and P 500. They sell covered calls to create some extra income, and they use that income to buy protective puts, which means you have upside exposure, but it's limited. Right. And in trade-off, you have limited downside risk as well. All of those are different pieces that go into asset allocation. The, the idea is that 
every year in the market you have something that's doing good. So if if you're trying to compare your portfolio just the S&P 500 and the S&P 500 has a roaring year because of tech and financials for example, right. you're going to underperform a little bit in the good years. But you're going to outperform a lot in the bad years. That's what asset allocation is really about. 7 out of 10 years are positive, 3 out of 10 is negative. It's a 3 out of 10 makes a big difference. That's the math behind asset allocation. Before we get into that, uh, comic books, asset asset or not? Um, is, is, as far as collectibles? Yeah. That's yeah, kind of where I'm I mean, getting at. It, it can be. There. I'm sure there's been some successful comic book collectors out there. Okay. And um, how about art? Do you look at art as an asset class for the wealthy, for the poor? Should people be buying it? Should they not? Yeah, for the wealthy because typically, you know, there's there are obviously some people that happen to purchase a painting 30 years ago that they didn't realize was going to be drastically... Um, but you got to be good at picking yeah. paintings. It's and not art, like being good at picking stocks and picking mutual funds. you got to be good at that, that unique skill as well. Right. And art, art went through a pretty big bubble. It's just like any asset class, it goes through bubble times. So it's correcting at this point in time. But typically, it's kind of one of those things where in order to be good at accumulating the art that's going to make you money in the long term, you've already got to have a lot of money. I'm with you. So and uh, the idea on that is they're not making, you know, if, if it's a dead artist, Leonardo is not making more art, so to speak. Uh, I could drop that conversation because I'm going nowhere with that. But let's talk about the math of asset allocations. What do we need to know? Well, it's really creating consistent returns because you, the first thing you have to look at is, is the game of math. It's the downside that makes a big difference. So if you drop 50%, you have to get how much to break even? Uh, 100%. Right. I know so, that, but most people don't. So that's, that's the thing. It's, you, know, you have to focus on, on the 10-year average return. Don't, don't really look at the one- and three-year average return. It doesn't make as much difference. It's the 10-year average return. So if you're trying to compare, let's say you're trying to go for a large-cap growth manager. You make sure that the manager's been there for the entire term of the track record, 10-plus years. You look at the standard deviation. So if you're comparing two funds, you would want the one with the best 10-year average return, the lowest standard deviation, and the most consistency, uh, and maybe even the lowest beta if you're trying to get to funds that are, are less, less volatile as you get close to retirement. So standard deviation, beta, and the consistency of returns is, helps you, you know, understand the math behind asset allocation. Asset allocation and much, much more. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com or find his website, chadburton.com. Teach calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We can talk about can you get a home loan after a short sale. You bought a house, you sold it short. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you got to wait two years and you got to put 20% down. Sometimes it's a four-year wait with 10% down. Sometimes it's a seven-year wait with less than 10% down. Things didn't work out well for you once. Maybe it'll work out well for you a second time. I just want people to stop over buying homes. I live in a home that is beneath my income salary of 40% or less of my monthly pool. Each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I get pitched a lot of new products on this show of which most of them I have to say just flat out no to. There's been a new push to socially 
involve people in the investment process by releasing information on Twitter. Being able to discover and connect with one another, access investment product information, best practices in a high-quality regulation, compliant, supportive environment. I'm a little bit nervous when I see an online profile of a person. I just don't I don't know if I trust per se. Where's a mayor? She's doubling the length of Yahoo's paid maternity leave. She's given new dads eight weeks off. She only took a couple weeks herself off from maternity leave. She said the baby's been easy. The baby's been way easier than everybody made it out. I think I've been really lucky in the way that I had a very easy health pregnancy. It's all been very easy. She's not expecting others to follow her lead because she came back sooner than later. Mothers will be allowed up to 16 weeks to leave. Now, on one hand, love the story because it's socially wonderful. On the other hand, I hate the story because that's a long time to be paying someone to be gone. Is it the right thing to do? Probably. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Going to be in the Menlo Grill Bistro and Bar tomorrow from 6, 4, 4 to 6, 5 to 7, 5 to 7. We need to change that to 4 to 6. 7 a little too late. Uh, Black Wednesday tomorrow from 5 to 7, Menlo Grill Bistro and Bar. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. So financial. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Some housing data came out this morning that was very positive. Median new home sales tied towards the Case-Shiller Index. It's tough not to say, like, hey, housing's back. I mean, strong demand, right? That's part of the formula. According to you, it's part of the formula. And it is. But also part of the formula is median household income. And how's that behaving? And how do the two interact with one another? So are we inflating too far too fast? Since 1967, there's only one period of rapid price acceleration that even comes close to matching the current trend for median new home prices in the United States was the initial part of the home bubble from 2001 to 2005. Right now, I see a lot of investors jumping in. I see a lot of individuals getting left behind. And those individuals now become the next people who buy because they have to. The trailing 12-month average median new home sale prices increased by an average of $2,500 per month through February 2013. 
By contrast, the trailing 12-month average for median household income in the United States increased only $121. Steve? Steve, how are you? Good, thanks. I, I, I was calling on a uh, cell phone, so it's a little sketchy on the reception, but I had a question on um, uh, Living Trust, just trying to set it up properly, and not sure. Um, uh, I, I have uh, um, a trustee that I want to name. Um, now my, my brother-in-law, if something were to happen to my wife and I, I want to I name him as the guardian of my daughter, but then I want a financial entity to, uh, to control the assets and the trust. And okay. I just wanted to make sure it's, it's set up properly and had a question about that. Yeah, Steve, this is a question for an estate planning attorney because the devil is in the details, and thanks for the call. You are asking the right question. Anyone who has kids who put those kids in other people's hands, first and foremost, needs to clear it with that person. Where are the kids going to live? Where do you want the kids to live? Are the kids going to go to school? Catholic school? Private school? Public school? The money that's going into a trust, that's funding the trust, it could benefit numerous people. By not giving the brother-in-law power on the financial decisions, I think it's a wise thing because maybe your brother-in-law is a software programmer. Maybe he is an engineer. Maybe he is a doctor. And doctors and attorneys don't always make the best investors. I like the trust because you can put in language that's important to you. Before you get to the brother-in-law who takes over the kids, you could also say, look, if my spouse or I die... We want our spouse to basically get control of our assets, our homes, our stocks, our bonds, our real estate. But then we also want, you know, if that spouse gets remarried and that spouse dies, so now both original parents are gone, that the money doesn't go to the new spouse, the money goes to the children. Keep it in the bloodline, per se, if that's important to you. Or maybe it goes to the new spouse after 10 years. You could put that in the the data. But my advice to you would be work with your financial planner on this and then work with an estate planning attorney. Uh, a trust is governed by the terms that it's created under. So it's important a revocable trust, irrevocable trust, irrevocable, you don't get to change the terms. Revocable, you do. The terms of the trust are usually written down in a deed or a trust instrument. Trusts are governed by local laws, so you can't be too crazy with it. It's a great way of protecting property. If your money is in a trust and you hit a car full of attorneys, you're probably pretty well protected. There's a lot of formalities. I like the privacy. I like the spend-thrift protection. I like the relationship that trust can have with charities. It's great for tax planning. But there's so many types of trusts, and this is why I don't do trusts and taxes on air very much. 
There's a fixed trust. There's an express trust. There's a constructive trust. There's a revocable trust. There's a revocable, irrevocable, incentive trust. There's a personal injury trust. There's an offshore trust. There's a unit trust or a consulting trust or purpose trust. Like, it's pretty gritty. And this is a show that wants to be more granular um, to help more types of people. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Appreciate the phone call. Don't forget, i got two events coming up. One tomorrow night in Menlo Grill from 5 to 7. More information at kdow.biz. My radio station holds a networking event that I get to play center of attention. Come meet me. Bring your portfolio. I'll get you a copy. I will give you feedback on your where you are with your age, your income, your assets. Come meet me tomorrow from 5 to 7, Menlo Grill, Bistro and Bar. Inside the Stanford Park Hotel. More information at kdow.biz. Now, i got an event coming up in Pleasanton. It's a building and retirement portfolio that lasts. Sheraton Pleasanton Hotel from 639 May 9th. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.